This week, Visa announced it was buying Swedish fintech Tink for $2 billion. It's just the latest in a string of fintech acquisitions by big incumbent banks and legacy financial services companies. It begs the question, have big banks developed a big crush on fintech? In this edition of Commerce Code, Big Banking's New Love Affair with Fintechs. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco. This is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. In January of this year, Jamie Dimon, the CEO and chairman of the largest bank in the U.S., Chase, well, he said that many new fintech companies were examples of, quote, unfair competition, end quote. He specifically called out Plaid, the fintech data company, saying they are, quote, people who improperly use data that's been given to them, close quote. Well, that attitude was prevalent among big bank CEOs in the past decade. But a funny thing started happening recently. Banks and traditional financial institutions started embracing fintechs and more recently rapidly partnering with fintechs and even buying them up at a white-hot pace. You could say that traditional incumbent financial services have fallen in love with fintech. Companies that were once seen as unfair rivals are now being seen as essential partners. Today, we speak with one of these fintech companies, Cardlytics, and we're going to find out why companies in this industry have pivoted from being foe to being friends of big banks. Now, Cardlytics is unique in that it was one of the fintechs that was always aspiring to be bank-friendly. Its biggest and most well-known early investor and commercial partner was Bank of America, the second largest bank in the U.S., Its founders were also former bank executives from Capital One. The company went public three years ago and boasts a market capitalization of over $4 billion. We speak with Farrell Hudzik, Executive Vice President of Cardlytics, and we discuss why fintechs and banks are increasingly seen as two sides of the same coin. Good morning, Farrell. How are you? I'm great, Silvio. How are you today? I am doing great. It is sunny in San Francisco, and it's a beautiful early summer day. Farrell, where are you based? I am based in currently rainy Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay, well, you know what they say, late spring showers bring summer flowers. I think I just made that up, but uh, (laughs) Farrell, nevertheless, I'm sure the sun will come out again. Really excited to have you on the show today. Your company, Cardlytics, has just this amazing view of digital commerce. You work with banks, you work with advertisers, you work with consumers. Tell me exactly the business model and how you guys go to market at Cardlytics. We are truly an advertising platform within bank walls, and we sit at that intersection of payment and commerce. So through those partnerships with those banks, we actually have insight into the actual bank transaction data for over 168 million consumers. And we see one out of every two credit and debit swipes in the U.S. And then we use those insights to help our ecosystem in our marketplace, our advertisers, our banks, and most importantly, their and our consumers and customers. 
For banks, where I spend all of my time, our focus has been on helping banks deepen the relationships with their loyalty programs by helping customers save on everyday purchases. Across our network, we also see an average of 17% increase in digital bank logins after a customer activates an offer the first time, and then an additional 13% monthly card spend after that customer earns their first reward. So from a habitual use perspective, digital engagement, which is just very important to our banks, along with loyalty and spend, we're just seeing tremendous growth. And then, of course, our customers, we provide the most lucrative program across the largest and most relevant brands, and have paid out over $500 million in rewards since the inception of Carlytics. Now, as you look at the marketplace, there's kind of two ways you can look at it, right? So on the one hand, banks are fighting against the enemy, which is fintech. Or you could look at it as banks have these new partners, potentially new innovation partners that are actually friends in the fintech industry. Which one do you think the enlightened banks are doing? Are they kind of viewing fintechs as the enemy or are they viewing fintechs as a potential friend? I think that the forward-thinking banks are looking at these friendly opportunities. You know, I also think that we're seeing a real trend for banks banding together, originally to combat peer-to-peer. Zelle is kind of old news now, but that was a great example. And now, most recently, banding together to share data to help the underbanks. As we continue to look at these opportunities, we continue to see open banking-like constructs popping up around the world and being considered across the U.S. as well, that we will continue to see this enemy opportunity and model, especially as the control for the eyeballs, the, the final mile, and this commerce component. And then, of course, banks are banding together with Carlytics to capture both that advertising spend, just move it away from Facebook and Google, you know, as well as getting kind of closer to that commerce path. And, you know, the system is changing, as you point out, dynamics in how people pay, how people engage in commerce. Those have all changed dramatically and and obviously not just in the U.S., but around the world. And I saw a statistic recently that PayPal's market value is now higher than American Express and Wells Fargo combined. Things are really changing and banks are really out there in a brass knuckles fight for consumer digital mindshare. And they're wanting to drive more loyalty for their cards, more loyalty for their banks, and rewarding the consumers for putting that next transaction on the bank's card. How do you see those dynamics in terms of the competition and payments and digital commerce? How do you see those dynamics playing out for the balance of 2021? I think the dynamics will continue to be less predictable. When I think about what some of those larger banks, because you're right, from a market share perspective, are being dwarfed by some of the fintechs. They really need to continue to think about evolving their loyalty and their rewards program and getting closer and more integrated into the commerce ecosystem and also the consumer journey. So my prediction is I think that the traditional online malls, currency-based rewards programs and cashback offers, they'll all start to converge. Then the last thing I think here that is going to be continuing to drive is that the banks themselves have created this kind of race to the bottom. So they've had to increase their reward and currency funding so much over the past decade that they've essentially doubled the reward as a percentage of interchange, resulting in income being flat, even though there's 2x spend on cards. There has to be a combination and a coming together of some of these experiences to balance out costs and drive additional value. One of my last international trips before the pandemic took hold was actually to Shanghai for 
a conference by the Digital Commerce Alliance. And one of the things I noticed was just the phenomenal market penetration of Alipay. You know, the reality is everybody's got it on their mobile phone and you kind of use it everywhere. And in that way, Alipay really took control of the purchase journey for the average Chinese consumer. If we look at the U.S., that hasn't really happened yet. You know, there isn't one mobile platform that has really taken over the purchase journey. But there are a lot more people using their mobile phones to pay. And that is posing competition to traditional banks who have historically been right at the center of all payments with their debit cards, their credit cards. So how did banks sort of regain control of the purchase journey and become that sort of indispensable way that every consumer pays? Because it seems to me that's really important for the future of banking. Absolutely. The number one threat and opportunity to take back control of the purchase journey is buy now, pay later. 15 plus buy now, pay later solutions out there. And it is just exponentially eating away at what would traditionally go on to a credit card. So a recent Bank of America survey led them to predict 10 to 15 X growth by 2025 eventually processing close to a trillion in transactions annually. I mean, Amex, Pay With Planet, Chase, My Chase Plan, absolutely introducing their own kind of post-pay versions. But I do think that these massive amounts, they have to spend marketing, promoting that feature because they're not at that final mile. I think there's a lot of opportunity getting that visibility at POS, you know, and or gobbling up some of these fast movers that seem to be, you know, popping up overnight. Farrell, thank you so much for being on Commerce Code today. I really appreciate your insights. Really, really eye-opening. Sylvia, thank you so much for having me. And I'll just think about the sunny skies in San Francisco while waiting for the clouds to clear here in Charlotte. Right. The song goes, the sun will come out tomorrow. You don't want to hear me singing, but I think that's what's in store for Charlotte. That's Farrell Hudzik, Executive Vice President of Cardlytics, speaking to us from Charlotte. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on the future of fintech and banking. I've always believed that the art of doing business is the art of making friends and not enemies. As we've heard on the show today, the smartest, most innovative fintechs and big banks have realized that too. And they're acting accordingly by making alliances, technology partnerships, and outright acquisitions. In many ways, you could call this the death of disruption, because in financial services and digital commerce, you really do need collaboration more than disruption. To find out more about collaboration and partnership in the digital commerce industry, check out our website, digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off. <laughs>